All right. Uh, we have a great story on the Bloomberg and at Bloomberg.com today. It's about the 39 things that Joe Biden should do first on climate change. He has made some big promises. He has um, going to, I should say, kind of take office having made unprecedented commitments to address global warming. He's got a 15-year plan to create carbon-neutral electricity across the U.S. on the way to achieving net zero emissions by 2050. He has also promised to spend $2 trillion on a sweeping climate and job agenda. So that's kind of our backdrop on this Wednesday. So let's get into that. Our next guest, I'm sure, has some thoughts on that and really the role of solar energy specifically. We welcome Abigail Ross Hopper. She's president and CEO of the Solar Energy Industries Association, former director of the Department of the Interior's Bureau of Ocean Energy Management. That's where she led the agency uh, that oversaw the leasing and development of all offshore energy from oil and natural gas to offshore wind. And she joins us on the phone in Washington, D.C. So nice to have you here with us. Carol, thank you so much for having me this afternoon. So I have to say, we have a lot of important things to talk about, but can I just be quite honest with you that from the get-go, my producer, Paul Brennan, um, when we were talking about who was going to be on our show and talking about you joining us, he shared your bio, and it says, a very proud mom of three kids, loves to read, ride her Peloton, do hot yoga, and lie on the beach. And my producer, Paul, said to me, sounds like you, Carol, minus two kids, which is exactly, I have to say, you're my doppelganger. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. Amazing. I, that is very funny. I um, my Peloton was my first quarantine purchase. It was, um, and it was brilliant, a brilliant purchase. And I am totally addicted and brand loyal now. All right, have you done the Hamilton yeah. ride? I did the Hamilton ride on Monday night. I did the Beyonce ride. I've done the Lizzo ride. I'm all in. <laughs> all right. Well, so really, really wonderful to, to catch up with you. Um, it sounds like we have to have a drink when we're back in normal times. Um, so tell me about, first of all, your world, what it's been like and what the industry's world has been like under COVID. Yeah, we have really struggled, Carol, under COVID. You know, yeah. we represent utility scale, so those big projects in the middle of the desert. We represent commercial, the ones on top of schools and corporates, and then, you know, ones on top of your house and mine, residential solar. And they've all been hit, although the residential solar has been hit the hardest. Um, It makes sense, right? People don't want anyone coming to their home. They can't do door-to-door sales. So our companies have really innovated and figured out different ways to sell and incorporated safety mechanisms. And so sort of the pipeline is starting to build again. What we are finding, though, is that the tax equity market, which is such a critical part of our financing, is really tightened up um, in these uncertain times. And so we see that as a pretty significant challenge that has been brought on by COVID. So how do you change that, especially uh, in a world where we were talking, we've been talking over the last few hours of our broadcast, you know, just we're watching the headlines and the numbers are just going higher. So then do you anticipate that kind of what you've been dealing with, you're going to have to continue to deal with until we get kind of to the other side? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think on many of our projects, we have uh, figured out how to install, how to sell and install and permit safely. So, Mm -hmm. Um, there is demand there. What we are concerned now is really about the ability to finance the deals. And so we have been asking Congress to make our tax credit refundable as opposed to being mm. predicated on a tax equity appetite. Um, we've had a lot. I mean, I live in Washington. We've had lots of meetings with legislators, although they've all been via Zoom. Yeah. Um, and they understand we've lost, we wiped away about five years of job growth in the first few months of COVID. Wow. So it's 
it's been really devastating. Um, on the flip side, you know, we can put people back to work really quickly um, all across the country if we have some certainty around our, our financing mechanism. So, okay. So here we are in this kind of strange political world, right? <laughs> Where the transition <laughs> is not going. You understand tra- transitions. You've been inside, you know, the government when a transition happens going from President Obama to President Trump. I mean, mm-hmm. what are your expectations? We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, then I'm going to do something and we'll come back. But we've got about 40 seconds here. You know, are you anticipating that anything gets done before January? Are you anticipating anything gets done anytime soon? I am very hopeful um, that in a new Congress uh, with uh, President-elect Biden in office, that there will be some significant um, legislation that passes. We can talk after the break about the bipartisan nature of solar, but I am optimistic. I'm not particularly optimistic for sort of this year end because, as you said, everything is just so um, unprecedented at the moment, to use an overused word. So it was interesting. In the break, we talked a little bit, Abigail, um, about who Joe Biden might pick. Uh, possibly to run the energy department. And uh, there are one name's being floated around as an ex-Google official who is kind of on the short list. He's a former deputy secretary um, from uh, or at the department. But it's interesting in our reporting, it just kind of made the point out that you got to have somebody politically savvy in that uh, department and somebody who's technically understands kind of everything at issue. And I do think about when you look at maybe the shaping up of a new administration, you know, who do we need to have in place, especially when it comes to things like solar energy or or alternative energy or just overall our energy policy in this country? Yeah, I think I listened to your conversation about that. I think, you know, we want people um, in our government who, on the energy front, who are practitioners of energy, right, who know how to build it, know how to finance it, know how to get it done. If, If President elect Biden is going to implement his aggressive climate change plan, there has to be just even more rapid deployment of solar and wind and offshore wind and all of these technologies. So you need folks in government who understand how the businesses operate and you can sort of get that done. But over, and that's more like at the Department of the Interior where I was, right? They're they're actually around execution. Uh, But if you think about the Department of Energy, Right. That's where so much of the R&D happens and having, um, you know, an engineer and a, a scientist over there makes a ton of sense because we're really sort of looking at next gen options. Right. What, what are we what are we going to do? How are we going to find these new technologies to even further decarbonize our, our economy? Well, what so, was your ex- what was your experience between kind of old energy, new energy? Because I do feel like we have such um, whether it's through lobbyists and the money that's still in kind of our old energy world. We know that in order to protect our climate, we've really got to embrace more fully alternative energy. Do you feel like mm-hmm. there's enough thinking of that going on in the government or we need to really kind of take a big leap forward? Forward. I think we need to take a big leap forward. Um, I think that we need to sort of recognize the crisis that we're in and take big, bold, aggressive steps. Um, I, so, you know, when I was at the Department of Interior, I oversaw oil and gas, as you said, and renewables, offshore wind. And so one of the most interesting things that I noticed, and I noticed it in solar as well, is that many of the, first the European oil and gas majors And now the American oil and gas majors are making big investments in renewables, right? In solar, in wind, in offshore wind. They see it. No, they understand where the market is going and they Mm -hmm. understand um, sort of where where consumers and regulators and policymakers 
wants to go. And so are diversifying their offerings. Um, and that has been a really interesting shift over the last few years is to see you know, the shells and the, the DPs of the world, in addition to the European, like, you know, some of the other European utilities um, and oil majors really invest heavily in electric vehicles, in solar, in storage, uh, because it is going to be a huge part of our energy mix. So help me out here, because I think I'm always someone like, it feels like we were moving along so slowly and like take EVs. I felt like it, t- it took somebody like Elon Musk to kind of shake up, you know, the establishment to say, well, wait a minute, we can do this faster. And I really do feel right. like he really awakened the auto industry, the global auto industry. But help me understand, since you understand this, that in terms of kind of, you know, the old line, like it's fascinating to hear what you say about Shell and, and BP. And we, we knew this, that they were looking at, you know, uh, renewables. But does it, do we have to understand it does take some time to kind of shift our world to renewables? Or are there ways that we can be and should be doing it faster? And I know you're from the solar industry, so you're probably going to be like, yeah, yeah, of course we can do it faster. But do you know what I'm saying? That <laughs> that, that it, it isn't yeah. always so easy to kind of shift. We don't necessarily – we still are struggling with the infrastructure when it comes to EVs. Right. No. I, I So I am both a, uh, a realist, right? I understand how the grid works. I understand how the technology works. Um, and so there are some – challenges to rapid deployment, but you, you're right. You need big out-of-the-box thinkers to really um, come up with creative solutions. And so I, and, and you know, my background is sort of all energy. So yeah. while yes, I work at the solar industry right now, um, I think I have a pretty holistic view. And I think there are things we can do. I think there's things that the president and the agencies can do in terms of Federal procurement, right? The, obviously, the U.S. government and the U.S. Armed Forces are one of the are, is the largest buyer of energy, um, and so looking at their procurement, all of the real estate they have, all of our public lands, and putting solar and wind resources on our public lands. Uh, we, you know, we already do oil and gas drilling, so right. it makes sense to have rapid deployment there. Thinking about the technology, thinking about the finance, creating um, sort of ways that we that the market, you know, putting the right market incentives out there and then letting companies respond to it. I think um, there's a lot of things that we can do to to move this transition even more quickly. Yeah, I think market incentives are really a really, really big thing when you think about what they can do. Um, all right. So to wrap up, I got to ask you, who's your favorite Peloton instructor? <laughs> I love Alex. Oh! I just think he is... He inspires me in a way that none other do. How about you? Um, I, I think like a lot of people, I do like Robin Arzan. Um, I like Hannah yeah. Marie Corbin. And I have to say, I've actually met Robin. Um, we've covered yeah. Peloton, as you would imagine. I've talked to John Foley uh-huh. a lot um, yeah. and have done stories on him and met Robin when they, they have kind of the Peloton annual gathering. Um, they met in New York and it was very cool. You know, she's a lawyer. It's just, it's a very cool world. Yeah. I just got to say. It is a very cool. Her her personal story is so fascinating. I'm excited to watch her um, be pregnant and, and have a baby on yeah. the Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't expect to go here. Listen, come back because I, I, I love it. I love this and I love the energy world and I love that you are, like you said, holistic. So you really see all the moving parts. So come back anytime because um, this was a really great conversation. Really appreciate it. And um, love to check in too, especially as we move towards the Biden administration, how it's impacting uh, the solar industry. So great to have with us Abigail Ross Hopper, President and CEO of the Solar Energy Industries Association. She 
is former director of the Department of Interior's Bureau of Ocean Energy Management and, uh, of course, joining us on the phone from the nation's capital.